630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Well, quite frankly, that was a grotesque performance by the Edmonton Oilers. 5-1, Montreal wins it. It was never really in doubt. Montreal dominated every aspect of the game, and they did it for pretty much the entire 60 minutes. They were better out of the gate. They were better pretty much right until the finish line. To summarize, the Oilers couldn't win a race to the puck, couldn't win a puck battle. The passers couldn't pass. The shooters couldn't finish. The goaltender spent most of the first period trying to figure out where the puck was, but luckily it bounced off him a couple times or hit the post and didn't go in. The power play not only didn't score, it gave up a shorthanded goal. The penalty killing allowed a power play goal against... And it was an absolute rout. Montreal was up 4-0 halfway through the second period. They coasted home to win it 5-1. Two goals for Jeff Petrie, two goals for Thomas Tatar. Slater Cuckoo scored the only goal for Edmonton. Sharp angle shot with about seven minutes left in the third period. It looked like it actually went in off the side of Carey Price's helmet, who was excellent today and improves his record against the Edmonton Oilers to 4-9-1. He had been inexplicably poor against the Oilers in his career, but not tonight. He made the saves that he had to, not that the Oilers got a ton of chances. 7.57, thanks for tuning in tonight along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. We'll get to some post-game reaction as we move along tonight and reaction from you too. Well, Rob, I mean, like I said, this, this was absolutely... Montreal's game start to finish I I thought I mean there might have been little windows of opportunity for when you thought in the first 30 minutes okay maybe if the Oilers do something here they'll have a chance to crawl back in it but not only did they not do something in those opportunities Montreal usually extended the lead instead well the Oilers had a, a very poor start to the game the the one nothing uh, lead Montreal had after 20 was flattering to the Edmonton Oilers it should have been three or four nothing uh, as many saves as Koskinen had in the first, it, it seemed like more of the pucks were hitting him than him making the save. The, the Oilers were very fortunate uh, to come out of it down one, and then they go into the second, they're on the power play, and they had a chance. They, this is where they were going to be able to hopefully turn the tide in the hockey game. And Carey Price did not have to make a lot of big saves tonight, but he came up big at the right times, and he kept the the, the one nothing lead, and then the Montreal Canadiens became relentless again. I think to me, there, I was surprised at how quick this team was, how relentless this team was, and then how tough they played, too. I mean, normally when I always thought of the Montreal Canadiens, very skilled team, very fast team, uh, but softer. Tonight, this, this team that Mark Bergevin has built is not a soft team anymore. They've added some great pieces. I like to Foley up front. Uh, I love Edmondson on the back end. He plays with a nastiness, and he and Dreisel were going head-to-head all night long. Uh, it is a, a good Montreal team. I don't know if it surprised the Oilers because they seemed uh, a little taken aback at how quick they were in on the forecheck, how quick every time they had the puck, someone was on them and, and forcing them to make a play before they wanted to. So it, it was a wake-up call for the Edmonton Oilers because a 5-1, sometimes there's a game that goes by at the end of the night, uh, it probably was closer than the score was. That 5-1, I, again, probably flattered the Edmonton well, Oilers. Well, the, the, the Canadians could have had five in the first period. Abs- and should have. And and, and it, it, here's something you got to look at, too, with the Oilers. Two of the games now, they've given up five goals. Games one and game three, they, they gave up five against. In neither game, do you after the game, you think, you know, Koskin should have had this or that. There, I mean, there was not, there was no, they, well, that went through them. Like, the Oilers are giving up too many good scoring chances. 
way too many good scoring chances uh, and you're not going to win and they, they kept talking about they wanted to sharpen up five on five they want to be a better five on five hockey club uh, I heard Bob talking before the game saying that th the NHL this year is not going to have a lot of five on five goals well the Oilers seem to be giving up a lot of them and uh, they haven't shored up the defensive uh, miscues that they've had that have plagued them in the past they're giving up I, I, I lost count on how many two-on-ones or three-on-ones or breakaways that the Montreal Canadiens had. You don't, I mean, those don't happen often. Yet they seem to happen way too many times against the Oilers. So in three games so far, the Oilers this year, they've had two games where they've given up five against. This is on home ice. And I know we don't have fans, but it's still on your home ice with last change. You get to decide who plays against two. And of those ten goals in those two games, you can't say that was an absolute horrible goal that cost and gave up. And to me, that means they're giving up way too many grade-A scoring chances. Yep, 5-1 for the Canadians tonight. And, yeah, two out of three games, I mean, very subpar. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, and the Oilers, you know, were a good team last year. I, I fully believe that. You know, they were 12th overall in points percentage. So, you know, that's good. They were far from great. But they don't look like a good team this year. They, I mean, they won the last game on special teams and star power. And mm -hmm. they have star power. They will win games on star power along the way but on the nights where maybe the star power isn't there or you play a team like Montreal that is going to roll four lines against you and dog the puck and play with speed you have to be able to figure it out you can't just be like oh yeah, man it's four nothing halfway through the game guess like you have to have something to counteract it and talk about those windows of opportunity so the Oilers get pummeled in the first period they're down one nothing like we said it easily could have been Maybe I'm slightly exaggerating. Five nothing. Certainly three nothing. I well, mean, Kos three or four. Yeah. And Koskinen like lost the puck on that shot mm -hmm. from Gallagher. That would have been a bad goal if that would have yes. gone in. Yes. But it didn't. Okay. So whatever. It's it's one it's one nothing. They get a power play on a penalty. We're not even sure should have <laughs> been called at the end of the period. We didn't get a good look at the replay. But anyway, they get a power play to start the second period. Ideal situation. Not only do they not score, Tatar scores 19 seconds after they kill it off. Then they're down 3 nothing. So you're already getting towards Hail Mary territory, even though it's only halfway through the game. And Connor McDavid doesn't get a puck packed to the blue line, what should be a routine pass. And it's stolen by Jake Evans, who takes it down two on one is stopped and gets his own rebound and bags, bangs it in. So the, those are the star guys mm -hmm. on the power play who didn't execute. But, it, I mean, really, it was, it was top to bottom. And I said to you after the first period, you know, Petrie got a power play goal. It looked like the Canadians were on the power play the entire period. And not like, it actually, if, if I didn't know better, I would have said, well, the Canadians, like, must have too many men on the ice because <laughs> they're constantly out. Now, like, it, looked, it looked like seven-on-four hockey. That's the extent to, to which they dominated the Oilers in that period. Well, it, it looked like one team was in mid-season form and, and another team was in exhibition form. Just the way that the first 20 minutes went, the, the Montreal Canadiens, there'd be, a, there'd be a, a loose puck in the corner and two players would be going it and the other would have a three or four foot head start and the Canadian would beat them there and then win the battle and then make the play. And that happened over and over and over again. Uh, grade A scoring chances where it, it was nothing to start with yet the Oilers would make a, a, a poor read and all of a sudden here becomes it becomes a, a breakaway or a two-on-one or a three-on-one there's an ex uh, I think it was Tatar's I don't know if it was his second or th first goal but it was the puck was at the blue line all three Montreal Canadiens were stopped Darnell Nurse comes flying across the ice and to throw this huge hit and misses everybody and it turns into a three-on-one 
and that's where Tatar gets the one-time goal against Koskinen. And that's one where, okay, A, all three Canadians were flat-footed. Darnell shouldn't have come across because he put, took himself out of position. But there also was no, where's the back check? How does three Canadians who are standing still end up getting clear path to the net and, and turn it into a goal there? So uh, there were a number of teaching moments tonight that Dave Tippett's going to have for tomorrow because the Montreal Canadiens exposed the weaknesses that the Edmonton Oilers had. And uh, tonight, there were plenty of weaknesses. So, yeah, and, and I, I, Bob and Jack were talking afterwards. I do believe there will be some lineup changes again before next game because what we saw tonight was not near good enough. And if you have players, extra players, that are capable of playing at this level, you can't uh, keep a, a lineup that just lost 5-1 the same. Well, and it's frustrating because... They, they responded, and Ken Holland was on our face-off show, and he said he liked the way the team responded for, mm -hmm. for Game 2 against Vancouver. And, and that was not a perfect game, but they did outplay Vancouver. They were up going to, to the third, and after all those shots we saw in the first two periods on Thursday, the, actually the third period on Thursday was a relatively low-event period. You know, I mean, Vancouver did not get, get much. You didn't get the sense the Oilers were hanging on to the two-goal mm -hmm. lead. They played under control, and then they extended the lead and put the game away. So you know they can do it. I mean, you know it's it, like it's not a it's is it uh, you know is it an all-star defense core of the the late '70s Montreal Canadiens? No, but I but I think they can do better than they're showing. And to me, that's what's frustrating. And we touched on this last game. I mean, to me, that's just just concentration and 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 attention to detail and and staying in the battle and realizing you have to respond to what your opponent is doing uh, yes but also you saw uh, with a, a team that forechecks well in game one the vancouver canucks forechecked the edmonton oilers well and created a number of turnovers because the Oilers weren't able to make plays quickly and that's what we saw again tonight with the Oilers in their own zone that the game seemed fast to them and it is now i don't think it was through a lack of try or, or or lack of focus to me it was just they seemed at times to be completely you know under it's like this big snowballs coming at them and they're just trying to get out of the way they'll get smashed and that's what it looked like at times tonight the puck would come in and they were just like hope plays just quick hope plays because i don't have time to think and i i, I don't know if that's I mean, obviously, that's something that you can correct, but is it the right personnel to be able to correct it? Because tonight, the Montreal Canadiens exposed a lot on the forecheck against the Oilers. The Oilers were unable to get the puck out of their own zone simply because they couldn't make a play quick enough. 5-1, Montreal takes it. Two for Petrie, two for Tatar. Evans had the other Montreal goal. Slater Cuckoo scored for the Oilers. And Slater Cuckoo to me, is the Oilers' best defenseman through two games. And perhaps not because he's been spectacular, but simply because he's been relatively competent. Oh, yeah, through three games, he's been the most or consistent. Games, yes, sorry, yeah, he's yeah. been the most consistent. Um, you, you don't notice. There hasn't been a big mistake. Uh, and I, I think he, he looks confident out there. He, he looks like he knows what he's doing. He, he wants the puck. He's jumping up in the play. Yeah, he, he's been fine. He has not been an issue at all for the Edmonton Oilers. And then up front, your most consistent player. I thought I thought Leon played very good in the first two games. He was quieter tonight. I thought Connors had one incredible game and two quiet by Connors' um, standards nights. 
Yamamoto, to me, has been the most consistent through three well, games. Well, he gets involved. All no three games. No matter what, he gets involved. All three games, he was very, very good. Um, Nuge has been a little quieter than you would have, you would hope or you would think, especially what we've seen and he's capable of doing. And then that the problem is for the Oilers, if your top players are quieter, they don't have the depth players to score goals. The depth, the, the Montreal Canadiens looked like it's still early in the season. They look like they had stronger depth from one through four. When their third and fourth lines came out tonight, it didn't seem like there was a drop-off. And at times, during the play, you're like, and I don't know the Canadians as well, I'm like, hey, is this their first line or is this their fourth line? Because they're well, going... Well, there's not much separation no. between them. And, yeah. they're, and they're going at the same pace. So it's like, oh, I'm not sure what this line is, but they're really good. Where the others, there is a drop in pace. Having said that, I, three games into the season, I would have thought the third line had would have a goal, like Turris, Archibald, or and I know Archibald moved up. Like, would have would have a like, like if you're the third line, you should be scoring every third game, if not every second game. No, it wouldn't be every second game as a third line. At third, every third game would be a pretty good pace. Because um, I mean, we've okay, got, so that's that'd be a, yeah, it's a goal, but again, it's. That's only 20, if over an 82-game season, that's only 27 goals for an entire line. Yeah. For the third line? Mm-hmm. I would say that. I mean, maybe I've, I've been in Edmonton a while. Well, and better, a, better teams would have better third lines, yeah, well, obviously. There, so, that, is, that is true. But that's what I'm saying. You, you would hope, the thir- you know, three games into the season, the third line would have a goal. Now, Turris, we don't know if he played the last two-thirds of the game at 100% because he blocked the shot. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll he we'll was, see, but he finished. He, so. he was fine. Um well, there's there's parts like with with Jesse's game I've loved his work ethic that he's had in his three games for him it's still the game seems a little quick for him and his decision making it, it seems fast hopefully he'll be able to settle into it because his work ethic has been fantastic the try is there now it's got to be the thought process and if you get those two combined you're going to have a player but right now there some of the decision making has left probably plays out there on the ice where this could have happened but they just he went with this way instead so and then the fourth line I mean you really haven't seen a lot of the fourth line because two of the games the others have been behind and they've been chasing when you're chasing your third and fourth lines don't get as much quality ice time 5-1 the Canadians take it whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game like they did on Thursday we turn on the Japanese Village goal light on 630ched.com Japanese Village restaurants now offering takeout please visit jvedmonton.ca for details let's get some post-game reaction here here's Oilers head coach Dave Tippett first Ryan Rashog, TSN Dave, I'll start just by asking you kind of your, your analysis on, on your team's game tonight. Obviously, you, you ran into a hot goalie, but how do you think you guys you know, played overall? Uh, I thought there was ebbs and flows in the game. I thought the first five minutes or so, we started all right. Uh, they got the opening goal, and they, uh, they took over the rest of the first period. Um, you know, we had some chances around it, but once we got chasing the game, got loose, you're chasing the game, and... Uh, you're trying to get back in it. So we made some mistakes that allowed them to uh, expand the lead, and we chased it the rest of the way. You've played a lot of hockey in the last three and a half days, and it's going to be this way. I imagine there's lots you want to work on. So how do you kind of figure out how to balance getting the group some rest but also getting to work, you know, maybe with a full practice if if you feel like you need it? 
Uh, we won't be able to have a full practice. We have a mandatory day off tomorrow, uh, so there will be no practice tomorrow. So we're going to have to regroup on Monday morning and uh, figure a few things out and come out and look for a better result on Monday night. Next question, Jim Matheson, Post Media. Uh, Dave, I gather when you've played three games, you've played one not very good game. The first one, you played a really good game. The second, you didn't play such a good game. The third, you're looking for, in this you know shortened season, you, I guess you've got to put a string of games together where you play well. You can't just keep winning one game, then losing, winning, losing. Yeah, it's, you got you got to play well consistently in the game, and then the results will take care of themselves. You know, that's the, that's the thing. I, tonight, I thought... I thought we had a couple bad bounces go against us, and we made a couple mistakes. Price was really good. There was some there was some parts of the game that I didn't mind tonight, but there were some mistakes that uh, that cost us, and we ended up chasing it. So you got to continue to pound away. You got to find ways to win games, and you're going to do that with consistency in how you play. Uh, for me, we got to just take some of those mistakes out of it that uh, that are giving some goals away. And when it was four nothing after. Two periods. Did you consider taking out Miko and putting Stewart in just so you, with all the games that Miko's going to have to play? No, no, I didn't think of that. Didn't, didn't. Okay. I talked to Schwartz about it after the second period, and we, uh, we, I think it was best to leave Koskinen in. And did you give him enough support, especially early in the hockey game? Uh, they had some pucks going at the net, but they're. The ones that I don't like, like the fifth one is a poor, poor read by Ethan Bear. You know, the ones, the easy ones are given away. Those are tough for me to swallow when you're, you're supposed to be pushing, you know. All right, well, that's uh, Dave Tippett, head coach of the Oilers, who lose 5-1 to the Canadians discussing tonight's game. And you heard him say it giving away too many chances and making too many mistakes. And that's been a problem for the Oilers in this very young season. Zach Cassian did not play tonight. His wife gave birth earlier today, so congratulations to Zach and his wife. They welcomed their second daughter, so he wasn't in the lineup. Archibald moved up to play on the first line. Kara was scratched. Ennis and Nygaard came in. Mike Smith has been placed on long-term injured reserve. Troy Grosnick picked up off waivers from the LA Kings. We had Ken Holland on the face-off show. He said Grosnick should be here Monday. Eight-day mandatory quarantine for the NHLPA. So he should be available once the Oilers get back from their Toronto-Winnipeg road trip. He may he may get into a game or two. He is 31. He has only played two NHL games. In one of them, he got a shutout. And he has extensive minor league experience and decent minor league stats. So, I mean, he's one of those goaltenders who's a number three in an organization. But, I, I mean, he may get a game or two, especially depending on how, uh, how Koskinen does but uh look we can debate uh, koskinen's play but there's like you were saying rob there's a lot of issues in front of them that i think have to get uh have to get fixed first uh 780 we'll get to some phone calls in a second here i want to run through the scoreboard for edmonton trailer looking for parts service rentals or new and used semi-trailers head to edmontontrailer.com rangers knock off the islanders five nothing the red wings after being badly outplayed 
come back in the second game of the series and beat the Hurricanes 4-2. I wonder if we're going to see a lot of splits this year. Because the Just Rangers the nature, Islanders were two flicks. Yeah, they, they, were, they shut each other out. Exactly. Just the, the nature of one team responding and being a little yeah. angrier coming to the rink for the next game. Maple Leafs get a split with Ottawa. They win 3-2 in Ottawa. Blue Jackets and Predators 2-2 halfway through the third. In the second period, Wild and Kings are tied at one. In the first, no score, Ducks and Golden Knights. Scoreless early, Vancouver and Calgary. Devils beat beat Boston 2-1 in overtime. Coyotes are 1-0-1 on the season. They beat the Sharks 5-3. Football, it is 10-3 Buffalo leading Baltimore with six and a half left in the third. Earlier, Green Bay eliminated the LA Rams 32-18. Tomorrow, Cleveland in Kansas City and the Old Man Bowl <laughs> with Brady and the Bucks up against Breeze and the Saints. Did you see the picture of, of Brady, Brady put and, up, yeah. and Bland, of George, George Blanda? No, not the, not the one, not because he is, did. Brady do the Photoshop one? Where I saw had, the one where he made okay, them both old. So yeah. they said Brady was the oldest quarterback to ever start a postseason game, and I think it was George Blanda was the other one. And George Blanda looks like he's about 68 and has been chain smoking for uh, since before birth. <laughs> like in the when he was, you know, as he was conceived as the little goldfish-sized uh, uh, George, little George that he he was already smoking in the womb. <laughs> Let's take a little better care of themselves now these days. Uh, you just go introduce yourself to any hockey player from the 70s, and you can see that the players look after themselves like you look a little bit like better. You, could, you look like you could still play. Uh, I do against grade fours. I'm really <laughs> good against them. Grade fives are starting to get a little too quick for me, but I can dominate a grade four class. All right. We got Greg on the line as the Oilers are whipped 5-1 by the Canadians. Hey, Greg, go ahead. So I don't want to blame Koskinen for this loss at all, but I do have something that I, I do want to say because um, people either like Koskinen or they hate him. If they like like him, they say the team in front of him let him down, didn't play well, etc. every single time. If they hate him, they throw him under the bus. But the bottom line is that he's not good enough and his glove is weak. Um, like, look at all the, the glove side goals. Um, and the, I don't really care what anybody says. The Oilers are not going to win a cup or go far in the playoffs until we get gold. And that being said, I'm just also curious um, and would like a, an honest answer, not like a beat-around-the-bush media answer, as to why people defend Koskinen as a good or decent NHL goalie. Well, you have because to ask he, the he, people who do that. Because <laughs> he is not a good enough goalie. I've, I've said all along, I think he's probably a good backup. I, don't I agree know, 100%. I don't, I don't know if he's he's a starter. I, to, Quite frankly, I was quite hard on him in the playoffs, and some people got very mad at me, but I didn't think he had a good playoff. I thought he was slow post-to-post. I thought he made himself small. But I will give him credit when he has a good game or a good run, and he has had good runs. I do think he can be. I do think he's an NHL goalie. Do I think he's one of the top 31 in the league? I'm not so sure. As for why other people like him or defend him, you'll have to ask them. He's gone. Because <laughs> you answered all his questions. That was very, very good. All right, well, it's like right now played, it's a, combi- he, he it's a combination well of both. It's a combination of both right now. The, he hasn't been good enough. He's got a goals against average of four right now through three games, and the team in front of him hasn't been good enough defensively. It's that simple. It's, it's, it's both right now. The Oilers are giving up way too many grade-A scoring chances, and they haven't got a big save when they needed one. And, and, right, and right now he's going to be the goaltender. Yep. So it doesn't matter whether people think he can win a cup with, with the Oilers, can win a cup with him or not. On January 16th, that's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's relevant, big, big picture, but in terms of what's going to happen Monday night, it doesn't matter. Koskinen is the o- only option to play right now. Yes. 
so he will play and we will evaluate his performance accordingly yeah, tonight it was he, he well the first period was i thought the first period was his worst period of the 90s played even and he, though he, and he even stopped though he only, like 14 even though he, 15 yeah but, but even though he stopped a couple to, accidentally to me he was blocking the puck today instead of saving the puck the pucks were hitting him but bouncing off off him and we've seen that before at times with him he didn't look as comfortable in net tonight in the first period as he did in thursday night's victory True. I, I thought he had a good game on Thursday. We've seen him do it, but, you know, ultimately, sure, if it's an 82-game season, maybe you'd, I think you'd sooner have be the guy that plays 32 games as opposed to the guy that plays 50. But he's the better choice. But, but right, right now, now he's, yep. well, and with Smith Hurt again, he's the only choice. All right, uh, who do we have next? Uh, Nick is on the line. Nick, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey, guys, uh, just one quick thing here, uh, Rob. You were saying something with Bob earlier that I thought I thought it, I thought it was interesting. You said you got to get these guys in that haven't had too many games, get them going. But i got to say I respectfully disagree. When we have guys like Tyler Benson, and I know Ryan McLeod hasn't played an NHL game, but guys like him, th- like those two guys, they were playing in Europe. They're up to speed. They're kind of ready to go. Yes, is it is it not the NHL? Yes, it's not. But I think you give those guys a look because they've played in games. And giving them that shot, we can see what they can do. And if they're bad, then we go back to these other guys. I thought Nygaard, for example, tonight, I thought he played a pretty decent game. I thought he was over the, all over the ice when they gave him some time. But I just kind of thought that was interesting. I'd like to know your thoughts on that. Okay, okay. so first, I still think that a guy like Chris Russell, you can't sit for a long period of time because he hasn't played forever. So you can't say all of a sudden you're going to sit him for five, eight, whatever amount of games, then eventually an injury happens, then you put him in, he hasn't played for now seven months. So that's why I think you make changes, especially with a team not playing well or certain players not playing up to potential. As for playing guys that were playing in Europe, uh, I don't even know what year it was. A long, long time ago when I belonged to the L.A. Kings, I was down in the minors because there was a lockout at the beginning of the season. The season started in January, and when it started, I fully expected and hoped that they would bring, we were, I was playing in Phoenix, that they would bring our top line up from Phoenix to start the season because I'm thinking, I've just played 35 games. I'm up to speed. All these other guys have been doing nothing now for four months. Why not take advantage of players that have been playing? Even if it's for a three or four game stretch, if that gets you an extra one or two or three points in the standings, hey, you know what? That might be a positive come playoff time. So I see what you're saying. If with the, uh, McLeod or Benson put, or any I'd, of those guys. I'd put McLeod. I, McLeod, personally. yes. I don't know about Benson. I, again, I haven't seen these guys play. Even if they were playing in Europe, I don't know how well they were playing. But I do see the advantage of players that were playing during this last number of months having a, an advantage over the players that were not. I agree with you on that. And I, and I would I would put McLeod in. Nick, I don't know if you ever listen to my show, but I've always liked what McLeod brings in uh, the scrimmages, and I know it's just scrimmages, but he's quick and he seems to be around the puck. I don't know if he's going to be able to finish at the NHL level, but given the state of the Oilers' uh, fourth line, I I would give him a game. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I mean, I'm in Chicago, so I don't really get to hear all your guys' shows on 6:30. Chad, too much to be honest. But okay, we didn't I, realize I, that. Sorry. I think they got to give. No, it's okay. It's not. A, I try to listen to all the podcasts and everything, so I, I try to keep up to date. But I, I think, given a guy like Ryan McLeod, who the coaches have always said that they liked him, I know a couple years ago when he was up, 
uh, in a couple preseason games. He almost made the team out of camp, kind of. He was there for the last preseason game. They wanted to give him every look possible. And if they're that high on him, mine as well. We know what Drew Jarakara brings. I mean, Shore is a new guy, too, but he's been in the league. And we know what he brings, too. Give some of these new guys and young guys a little bit of a shot and trust them and see where it goes. So uh, you guys have a great night, and I uh, appreciate you taking my call. Yeah, thanks for calling from Chicago. Buffalo just with a 101-yard interception return. That changes the the complexion of a game right there. That could have – I mean – Baltimore was down on the, I don't know, the 6, 7 they yard line. They were inside line, the 10, yeah. And all of a sudden it could have been a 10-10 game. Now it's instead it's 17-3. Big mistake right there by, what's the quarterback's name for Baltimore? Lamar Jackson, Bob's big, favorite athlete in the universe. Well, Bob's favorite athlete just made a big <laughs> mistake. Let's uh, let's go to Steve because he's also going to be our finish the play contestant, Angie. So let's get uh, Steve in. Steve, before we get to the clue and your comment, I'm going to tell you just for playing, you get a Hungry Herd premium sampler box. Hungry Herd, top quality meats delivered right to your door at everyday low prices, Alberta owned and operated. So you're getting that for sure. So make sure you give Angie your uh, info before you hang up. What's on your mind before we uh, do the contest? Okay, a couple of comments, a couple of questions. Sure. Let's state the obvious. If we're uh, three games in and we got 12 goals against, six games in, we're 24 goals against, that's enough said about that. The next thing I want to ask about is uh, how the heck can you be on long-term IR when you haven't played a game? What is up with Smith? I have no, we have no idea what We, how we he's don't injured. know for sure what the injury is. Long-term injured reserve is also a mechanism for teams to put a player on that list. Uh, okay. So his salary doesn't count against the cap while he's on long-term injured reserve. For example, Oscar okay, so, Clefbaum so they're manipulating, they're moving some the dollars season. around bottom line here, right? Pardon? They're moving some dollars around to try and get some money to get a goalie. Is that correct? I wouldn't, uh, I don't know about that. I, I think Frack, he's probably out th- that long. Yeah, I think he, like Colin said, he should be able to return once the LTIR is up after 24 days. Okay, I got it, guys. And I'm glad you're back on the air. Thank you for, for that. Okay, my last question. Can you please explain to me, I've been listening to Bob for a couple of games now. Can you please explain to me, Rob, what the purpose of the fourth line is? It sounds like our fourth line is just out there to give the first three lines a rest for crying out loud. They're not producing anything. What is the role of a fourth line on an NHL hockey team? Well, uh, on good hockey teams, I know that we Reed and I talked about it. Was it two years ago when Boston and Buff or Boston well, Tim and St- said that? Yeah, yeah Boston and, and St. Louis were in the finals. It was Game Seven. Both teams started their fourth line because they knew that both teams' fourth lines created excitement, created energy. Uh, in the NHL nowadays, most teams' fourth lines will have a guy that uh, penalty kills on it. They'll have a guy that is physical, and they'll have three guys that provide energy for your team. And that's okay. what. And, and their whole job is to be detailed so they get pucks in, they get pucks out. They do not make – there's complete trust on a good team's fourth line that the coach can put them out there at any time because he trusts them to do the right thing. They're not going to be fancy. They're not going to be pretty. They're simply going to do all the details correctly. And the yeah, well, Oilers have been getting, searching. We're not getting any of that yeah, right no, now. No, exactly. The, the Oilers have been searching for, for a number of years to find the right mix on their fourth line, and they're still searching. They felt that okay. coming into this season, they felt they had a better bottom six. But through the first couple of games, there has been a mixture of players going through those bottom six, trying to find the right combination. There is more depth here, but you're right. In the first 
couple games, the, the fourth line has not been as good as they had hoped for yet. Steve, I really want you to win something. I can tell you're upset. Okay, I want I you to. Tell, I can tell you finish the play. Montreal scored. <laughs> after, look, after the show, I want you to remember it's nine o'clock on a Saturday night, and I want you to do something you enjoy, whether that's reading a book, watching a film, sharing an intimate moment with a partner, whatever, whatever that is. So we're going to try to get you a win on finish the play. Here's the clue. Right. Here's Cahoon to Jones. Long-range shot wide. Rebound Cahoon. Net is wide open, and he tucks it home. They're going to wave it off. They never, in my estimation, I did not hear a whistle. Okay, so that was Dominic Cahoon, kind of that weird play where uh, Dreisaitl was called for interfering with Price. Uh, Dreisaitl and Cahoon share a, uh, share a history on what country's national team? On what country's national team? Yep. Germany. Absolutely. Your name's yeah. going into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 gift certificate to Visions Electronics. That is brought to you by PF Custom Countertops. All right. So, Thanks, Steve. Thanks, guys. Great show. Yeah, hang on the line because we got to get your info because I, I, I hope he wins that gift certificate. I hope he does too. He's a very passionate Oilers fan. Yeah. There's a lot of them out there. Yeah, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Well, Absolutely. they should they shouldn't be happy with this game. I mean, no, no. they got they got crushed. They absolutely got crushed. Well, the best part about this NHL season, and we've already seen it this year here in Edmonton, that if you lose to a team and you're not happy with the way you played or the outcome of the game, you're going to have a very quick turnaround to be able to play them again and make amends. They did it against the Canucks the other night. On Monday, they'll have the opportunity for payback against a Montreal team that was much better than them tonight. All right, you'll still hear from Connor McDavid. We'll keep you updated on the scoreboard. Overtime open line on Oilers and Double E Radio 630 Chad. Montreal won at 5-1. All right, Oilers beaten badly tonight. 5-1, Montreal takes it. Start of the fourth quarter in Buffalo, Lamar Jackson was hit hard down on the field for a while, was able to walk off the field, but Baltimore's backup is in, and Buffalo looking good in this one, up 17-3. And uh, Baltimore just failed to convert a third and 33, so they punt back to the Bills, Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, inside Rogers Place, loge level, great view of the game. We're closer to the ice. We, uh, we, you know, we appreciate the setup we have here. We wish that there were fans. So thanks to whoever it is whose uh, loge tables we have taken over. It's still frightfully cold in the building, oh as people know who have come to games here. I'm wearing long underwear. I'm wearing long underwear and a sweater at every game right now because it is freezing in here. It's. I think it feels colder today than it did the other two games. Well, it's I don't not know. for me because I got my long undies on, so that's made a big difference. Not a good one for the Oilers. They're one and two on the season. Here's Captain Connor McDavid. Hey, Connor. Um, I wonder, in your eyes, how much of that was about Carey Price having a really big night, and how much of it was kind of self-induced by you guys? <clears throat> probably a little bit of both. Um, probably a lot more of us. Um, not doing what we needed to do early. They got the jump on us. Um, and then obviously Price uh, did what he always does. He was uh, he was solid all over. Okay, next question, Jason Greger, TSN 1260. Uh, Connor, you had, you know, some decent chances against Price, but it just seemed like Montreal was quicker to a lot of pucks and battles tonight. What did you see? Uh, yeah, they were definitely quicker than us. Um, you know, playing three games and 
three and a half days is uh, that's a lot coming out of the gate, but not uh, not making any excuse for ourselves. Uh, we got to be better. We got to win more battles. Um, you know, they were definitely the more rested team, and they showed that. But I didn't think our uh, our battle level was good enough. Um, enjoy a day off here and get back at it on Monday. That's it. Short and sweet from the captain. Okay. Thought we'd get a little bit more. Well, they do it. <laughs> they're off tomorrow. That's and uh, th that wasn't around when I played. There was no uh, mandatory yeah, if, if days people, off. If people are wondering what that is, we still get asked about that sometimes. It's it's in the collective bargaining agreement that an NHL team has to have four days off a month where they do not play, they do not practice, and they do not travel. Mm. Uh, I believe the only exception is if, if that a f if a fl if a flight lands after midnight but before two a.m. You can still count that as uh, as your day off as as a day off. So the coaches have to find those, and in this condensed schedule, and let's face it, some teams in the Western Conference often have it a little worse for that. Uh, anyway, during a normal season, which this one is not, now everybody's kind of in the same boat. You're playing almost every second day, and you, so you got to find. I mean, usually coaches are finding days to practice. Now they're going to find days. <laughs> give the players a day off well, it, to, to make to make the rules and, and what it's tough for for coaches is it's all pre-done so it, it they, they're looking in the future here's the days that we're going to give you off when all of a sudden you get to that day and oh, i really wish we hadn't picked this day because this yeah. is things that we need to work i think you have to, to tell on. them at the beginning of the month i yeah. don't think you have to do it for the full season but but it's it's when I played, it was, yeah, no, you'd fly all day long at home at 4 o'clock and then go straight to the rink and practice. But you like that, though. No, I hated practice, Reed. I really <laughs> did. 780 <laughs> We have Mike standing by. Mike, look, we know they stunk. What else do you have to tell us? Mike, are you there? Well, I guess Mike has nothing else to tell us. <laughs> He stole his thunder, exactly what he was going to say. Yeah. Well, that's all right. Interesting. I wonder what, uh, if, what Montreal comes back with on Monday and net. Well, I'd, I'd play Price again. He Well, he was outstanding. and It's, an, it's only their third game of the season. They've played one fewer game. They, which is true, yeah. They, they played Toronto, and then they didn't play right away. They just had the, one, the single game against Toronto. Angie, do we have Mike, or who do we have standing by? Let's try, let's try Mike again. Mike. Boys, how you doing? Can you hear me? We have you now, sir. Thank you for hanging on the line. Go ahead. Rob Reedus, Mike from Ottawa. Long time no talk. How you boys doing? Oh, good. Was that was that you that played the guitar that one time, or was that somebody else? That's me. I'm in a band, and because of COVID, I have not jammed with the boys for eight months, and we are itching to jam. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you. Well, I bet. <laughs> well, the Senators, yeah. do you also cheer for the Senators, or do you just follow the league so, in general? Uh, all my buddies are Sands fan, except my best friend's a Leafs fan. And I, you, the kind of laughing I had last night, we had predictions about who's going to be top four. And he's like, Leafs, and then Canucks, and then Flames, and then Habs, and the Oilers. Maybe they'll be lucky if they make the playoffs. And I was like, okay. And he sends me a screenshot on Twitter with uh, the Leafs, you know, at the top when they won the first game. And then after that, the Oilers win last game. And I sent him screenshot, the Oilers on top. And then the Sens win. And then the Sens are on, you know, first place. And it was just, we're all being silly with each other because it's only three games in, you know what I mean? Well, here's here's the thing. And, and I mean, we think it's going to be pretty competitive. Uh, no, the, the only team that has a chance to start 2-0 and is Winnipeg. Winnipeg's 1-0. I don't think they play. Exactly. Either, they? No, they play tomorrow because we were looking at their schedule drop. So, you know, usually a few teams will start 2-0. and Maybe one team in the North Division will start 2-0. and So, anyway, what's on your mind, Ooh. man? 
Well, this is it, and that's kind of on my mind. You know, I'm basically saying that it's it's the first few games, and you know, we had a good second game, we had a not too good first game, and tonight, I mean, jeez, oh, like the Cubs, they just seemed like they were so fast, and I don't know if it was that we were slower or they were they were just super fast, but you know, we had we need to obviously figure that out, but. Overall, and Reed, I know I know you're you're not too high on Koskinen, but you know what? Like that's he's all we got right now. I'm not sure about this guy we picked up from LA. It sounds like basically we'll take whatever we can get right now. But we we got to go with him, and we got to hope that he can uh, hold strong. And uh, defense is is my biggest concern right now. When I told my buddy, the Leaf fan, I told you about, you know, he said he said at the starting of the season, what's your biggest worry as an Oilers fan? I said it's with Clefbaum out. What's what's this going to mean? Because every other year when Clefbaum's been out for a majority of the games, it's not been good. And, um, you know, will Nurse step up? Will Bouchard make the team? So many questions. So, you know, we're still we're still early in the season, but I'm not panicking. And whenever I watch a game like tonight, I need something to relax. So I've actually gone out of my backyard. And that's why you didn't have me at the start, because back then I was switching to my Bluetooth headphones. And um, I'm in the backyard uh, right now in Ottawa. It's about, uh, what are we at here? 10:40 in Ottawa, and it's snowing. It's beautiful. It's a quiet night, and I have a uh, 40 by 20 rink, and uh, me and my daughter are shoveling it because we had about 10, 15 centimeters come in, and it's just, it's gorgeous. And I just want to remind everybody that take a breather, relax. It's just three games in. I have a really good feeling that the way McDavid played the last game is going to be the way we're going to see him at least 60 to 70 percent of the games. And I like Yabo and Dreisaitl and Cahoon, you know, he's looking like he had too bad that goal didn't count, but, uh, you know, it, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't a good goal. I just think that overall we need some chemistry to come together. And uh, I'm just going to leave you guys with some beautiful sounds of me shoveling the rink here. Can you guys hear it? So we can hear it. Yeah. Good I, like, I like the guitar better, but that's still good. <laughs> okay, well, well, it's a Canadian, guys. Come on. Like, I have a backyard lit up here. I have LED lights, and it's beautiful right now. It's snowing, and I'm shoveling five centimeters. So that is awesome. Oilers fans, relax, and uh, it'll be fine, boys. This season is going to be fun. It's going to be up and down, roller coaster ride. Hold on, get ready for the ride, and you know, let's just enjoy it. Thanks, thanks, Mike. That's Mike from Ottawa. Well, and I, I do agree. Um, I mean, I'm being pretty pretty critical of the Oilers tonight because I think they were they were negligent in a lot of areas. But having said that, I do agree. This the standings are going to be really close, mm-hmm. and I, I I honestly think. I 56 games. I honestly think 33 or 34 wins could be first place, and 28 or 29 wins could be fifth place and out of the playoffs. Like I, I think it could be. It, I think 30 wins you're probably going to get in out of because that's 60 points in 56 games, and then if you have a handful of overtime losses, so 65, 66 points. I think that's probably good enough for for fourth. Well, I and just, maybe close to first. Who knows? I think this is going to be a very competitive division. I, and it was funny. I, I heard Jack at the beginning of the broadcast and they were talking about the strength of the division. And is it a, everyone talking that the North is going to have one of the best divisions. And I agreed with what he said there. I don't think it's, it's not near as strong as the Capitals. Penguins, not that is a strong division, but I do believe that the, the it's going to be a very close division. I think all the teams in this division honestly have a belief that they can make the playoffs i think this is a a division that is going to be very close from top to bottom as you've seen in the opening uh three games i mean they all seem to be splitting the games the ottawa senators who everyone had written off they're not as bad as everyone well they won't be a dormant i still think they'll probably i think they'll miss the playoffs but but i think they're going to surprise a lot but i don't think they'll go like you know 10 and 46 or something no and i don't (laughs) and i don't think anyone's going to run the table on them either i think when you play a team nine times if you go six and three against them that's success so uh 
I, I, I don't think anyone's going to run away with it. And I think your teams are going to stay bunched up for quite a bit of time. And if any team that gets a little bit of a, a run, then they can find themselves vaulting themselves to the top of the, of the standings. But tonight was not a good night for the Edmonton Oilers. And the one thing, too, with and, and uh, the gentleman from Ottawa just talked about Connor McDavid, if he plays like he did the other night, Connor McDavid and most superstars, if they have a night that is not up to their standards, they always seem to bounce back. And you throw in the fact it's the same team. They, Vancouver, he was not Connor McDavid-ish in the first game. Game two, he was all-world. Tonight, he was not as noticeable as you normally get at a Connor McDavid. Now you're the Montreal Canadiens defense thinking on Monday night, like, oh, yeah, we're going to see how he rebounds. Yeah. So I, I would expect a much bigger game from Leon and Connor in the next game. Having said that, the Montreal Canadiens defense, that's the... F we didn't see it with Vancouver. With Va Montreal tonight, they play with a little bit of edge. They've got some physicality back in their back end. They play with a little nastiness. And that's something that we've seen in the past can be at times effective against the Edmonton Oilers. Right. And the thing that... I mean, look, I, I, I often, you know, will say, all right, don't, don't put too much stock in one game. Every team will have a stinker. Mm -hmm. But the thing that bugs me is we're kind of already talking about two stinkers three games into the yep. season. That's not good. And, th and this game, quite frankly, was worse than Wednesday's game. I mean, at least Wednesday's game, it was actually 2-2 early in the third period. I mean, Nurse tied it. Yep. <laughs> I mean, they got outplayed. No, you're right. I mean, this game was this game was pretty much over eight minutes into the second period. For, certainly it, halfway through the second period. With any kind of puck luck, the Montreal Canadiens should have been up 4 nothing after one. That's how badly they outplayed the Edmonton Oilers in the first 20. We have Tony on the line. Five one was the final, by the way. If you're just joining us, Tony, thanks for calling. Go ahead. How are you guys tonight? Pretty good. Um, the, there's a few things I want to talk about quickly because the one, the one, the one major thing that I've noticed is it seems like whenever we get a decent scoring opportunity, we want to pass it. And I understand, you know, passing sometimes opens opens up a lane to shoot the puck. But if you're in a good scoring chance or you're in a good scoring lane, just shoot the puck. Even if the guy makes a face, at least you get a, either a rebound or a face-off so that the, that the goalie just stops it. Another one is, is it seems like a couple of our defense seem to be a little slower than they were last year. I understand. 56 games, of the, I, mean, I understand. 56 games is not a lot. And all these are basically you get one day off, next day you play, you know, you know, go on, go on. But this is an important time of the year, and I'm not gonna say stress over this because three games in, you know, we don't have most of like we don't have some of our guys. But what is it? What is it gonna take for these guys? Like, what is it gonna take for some of our guys to wake up and say, "Oh, the season's on." Or is it going to be, do we call other people up and say, you've been playing this long and hopefully you can do what others can't? Well, yeah, I mean, I think, thanks, Tony. I, 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 again, there, there will be lineup changes uh, with the taxi squad. Those are the guys available. So those are the players they'd be comfortable putting in. Neil and Haas will probably be available uh, relatively soon, given by what we've heard. So there are another couple 
options. I, I still think Haas is another one of those fourth line players that you don't know what you're going to get. Uh, you know, Neil clearly doesn't have a, a lot of a lot of speed, but he's still shown last year he can score in bunches at times though it's been I mean he did get 11 of his what 19 goals last year in one month it's not as if he tore it up all season but he does have more experience yeah I mean it's uh you, you still you still don't want to get too far behind I mean Rob you use the term chasing all the time and that, that goes for the standings too you don't want to be in sixth place all year even if you're only Three points out of four. You're well, st- you still, you know, that's a, how much did that big? The, they were they were five and zero oh last year. That helped them the entire season. Oh, it absolutely did. And the problem with this year that if you fall behind and you're chasing the whole year, every night somebody ahead of you is getting points because it's, you're only playing in your own division. So every night someone is getting points if they're ahead of you uh, and extending a lead or staying at pace with you. So yeah, you don't want to be chasing. Now I don't think there's going to be anyone that's going to be chasing a lot this year i just think that the the division is going to be that close but having said that the others have to have a better show there's got to be more consistency and more urgency in their game and i don't think that was there in two of the three games that they've played i think they have a lot more to give and hopefully that starts monday with with a much better effort against a montreal team that frankly probably surprised them i i they looked shell-shocked through the first 20 minutes with the speed of the Montreal Canadiens. I don't think they were yeah. expecting that. They can't be fooled again on Monday because now they've seen it. All right, we'll take a quick time out here. 8.49, Oilers fall 5-1 to the Habs. Heartland Ford overtime open line on 6.30, Chet. Former Oiler Jeff Petrie scores twice. Thomas Tatar scores twice. Jake Evans scores shorthanded. Montreal led 5-0 halfway through the third period. Slater Cuckoo got his first goal as a member of the Oilers. Barry and McDavid had the helpers 5-1, the final damage in favor of Montreal this evening. The adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com slash hockey. Should we just say everything for Monday? <laughs> I mean, I honestly don't... I, there, There is honestly not an area of the game I would give the Oilers an advantage over the Habs. No, I agree. I mean, five-on-five, special teams, goaltending, checking, speed, passing, shooting. Montreal Montreal played a perfect road game, and the Edmonton Oilers did not play a... They probably did not play a, a, an average home game. And I, and maybe... And look, you know, it, it is it is a story, and I don't believe in jinxes. It, it is a storyline how poor Price's numbers have been yeah, against yeah, Edmonton right. for his It career. was. It Jack, is a story. Jack Michaels... It's his fault. Absolutely, it's and, and his fault. Now, Price Price played well, and he made 34 saves, but I also feel most of the big saves he made, it was already 4 nothing. Well, he made, there was a stretch at the beginning of the second period where the, the Oilers had two or three grade-A scoring chances, and two of them were on the stick of Leon Dreisel. They set their power play up, and they got the shot that they wanted, and Price made a couple big saves. Now, if the Oilers, who were badly outplayed in the first period, if they score in that power play, it's 1-1. All of a sudden, it's a different hockey game. But Price made the big saves then. The, the, the problem for the Oilers and the two losses that they have had, and, and again, I will say there's not been a bad goal scored against Koskinen, but in the two losses they've had, they have not got a big save at the right moment. And in the games that the Oilers lost, Price made a couple big saves at the right moment in, in today's game. In the first game of the season, Holtby made a couple big saves at the right moment. The Oilers, when you're giving up that many scores, great a scoring chances the goaltender 
So it's going to be costing him for the next little while. He's going to have a plenty of opportunities for that big save. Uh, he hasn't got it in two of the three games. Here's defenseman Adam Larson. Hey, Adam. Uh, seemed like you guys were maybe chasing them around a fair amount tonight. Uh, did you feel like they had a lot more jump in their game than you guys did? And why do you think that was? Well, I mean, especially from the start, um, I thought they came out hungrier than we did. And uh, I don't know, we had such a great start last game and we want to build off that. Uh, didn't do it, but yeah, I, I mean, it's not the start we wanted. It's going to be a pretty healthy pace to the games you guys have to play this year, just in terms of how often you're playing. Um, is it is it going to take some getting used to, do you think? I mean, uh, we're in it now. Uh, we know it's uh, going to be a pretty hectic schedule, uh, but I feel like we're prepared for it. It's, uh, it's fun to play a lot of games in a short amount of time, and especially when you lose two to get another crack at it right away after. So it's can just look forward here. Next question, Jim Matheson, Post Media. Uh, Adam, it's only three games in, but I get, I guess you would like the same game back, two straight games. You played not a so very good first game, you played a really good second game, you didn't play a very good third game. So you can't keep, I guess, playing one good game, one not very good game. You know, you've got to play, you've got to put a string of games together where you're playing well. Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, it's... This uh, roller coaster we've been on now, win one, lose one, it's not, I don't think that's going to be the recipe on the, in this division, that's for sure. And what about uh, with Miko looking like he's going to have to play an awful lot of games in a row with Mike Smith out? Did you protect them enough in terms of the good chances they had, especially early in hockey? I mean, we. We really believe in Miko, and I think he's a tremendous goalie. I mean, it's kind of left him hanging a little bit and I mean that's we can't do that they, they had a couple of breakaways in the past past two games too so it's not it's not really on him it's we just have to be tighter defensively that's all well that that's absolutely true you can help your goalie and make him look a lot better by being quicker to pucks and and defending better for sure so that'll be one of the many focuses for the Oilers coming up on Monday night. They're going to do it again at the Canadians, uh, so we won't have anything Oilers news related tomorrow. Morning skate on Monday, so you can keep it on Oilers now with Bob Stoffer. Follow me on Twitter for the uh, latest there. But you think Chris Russell's going to make his season debut? Oh, in all honesty, I thought he was going to make his season debut tonight. Would you, so. you'd take Jones out? I think... It's, if you're going to put Russell in, Jones would be the easiest one to pull out because it, it, I, I don't think it, Cuckoo, Cuckoo's played well. And there's no one else in the lineup that you're going to take out. So to me, there'd be a, it'd be a three-man rotation. It would be Jones, Cuckoo, and, and Russell would be your three men. And you could rotate those guys through. I just believe that at some point you've got to get Russell in a game because you don't want it to go too long. He, like the rest of them, have not played since August. He needs to play some hockey. 
Thanks to Sean Alford, our 6.30 Chet engineer here at Rogers Place. Troy Bowler's our game day engineer. Thanks to Angie Pinnell working the board back at the 6.30 Chet Broadcasting Compound. You can get more on 6.30Chet.com, globalnews.ca. Though, if you're an Oilers fan, I'm not sure why you'd want to know more about this game. It was all Montreal. They cruised to a 5-1 victory. Face-off show is at 5.30 on Monday. The game will start at 7. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Have a great night. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.